Today's our last day in our uh, series of messages, Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. And uh, we're going we're gonna to finish this up today. Uh, you know, our prayer, this is the seventh week of this. We had small groups. We encourage you to read uh, Jensen Franklin's book, To Be in Church. And uh, when you get prescribed the medicine, you got to take the medicine. And uh, so, so to, to grab a hold of all of the things that have happened in um, these past few weeks is so important for us to keep living lives that God's called us to live. Uh, so today we're going to kind of finish up everything and we're going to um, move forward uh, with, uh, with some thoughts. Today I actually want to talk about this idea, don't lose heart. So this past week, uh, you would remember, if you were here last week, that Suzette and I uh, actually celebrated our 37th wedding anniversary on Wednesday, and I'm happy to report we're still in love, and at least I am, uh, and uh, we are still in love and, and still working on our relationship. And I was also a little surprised to discover about how many things she had to forgive me of that I didn't even know I did. Uh, so I just, I, sometimes ignorance is actually a good thing. It's a, it's a bit of a bliss thing. But, um, you know, here's what I realized uh, in this. Uh, I've been in, in full-time ministry for almost 40 years. I know you're thinking, you started like a child minister. You were started when you were like six or seven. Uh, but uh, really soon after I gave my heart to the Lord, which was uh, well over 40 years ago, um, I, just, I was thrust into leadership roles in my church that I got saved in. Um, and, and I just, you know, church is a beautiful thing, and I'm addicted to church. I love church. I think church is awesome, but uh, you can get hurt in church, and because church is full of people just like you, and uh, we all experience the, the, the pain of family life or the, the pain that can happen in church, uh, the pain that can happen at work, uh, all the things that can come our way. And I think you'd agree with me that uh, your, your heart, your soul can take a beating. And, and how you respond to all of uh, the betrayals, nobody gets to escape betrayal. Even Jesus uh, was betrayed by a guy that was in his inner crowd, um, you know, Judas. The disappointments that come into our life. Uh, the relational conflicts that take place uh, in our world, the heartaches, the, the disappointments, all of the things that happen in our life, um, it, it, can, it can make your heart uh, it shut down. And so the, the whole idea behind this uh, series of messages in this season in the life of our church was to just to do a little heart checkup and make sure we all had healthy hearts for the next leg of the journey. And, uh, and then we make sure we keep having healthy hearts so that we can still have healthy marriages and healthy friendships and uh, healthy work life and a healthy world that we would live in. So I want to take a passage of scripture today and, uh, and drill down on it a little bit. And, and I want to talk about this idea about don't lose heart. So Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 1 says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, 
Let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Everybody say, don't lose heart. Don't, don't, don't lose your heart uh, in, in all of this. Don't, don't let your heart get shut down. Don't, get, don't, let, don't let your soul get shut down. The Bible says that we're, we're supposed to run our race with endurance. Uh, the, uh, I think New International translates this word perseverance. The, the Greek word is hupomene, uh, which literally means cheerful or hopeful endurance. Uh, it's not just to grit your teeth and hang on to the end kind of thing. And, uh, and it's really uh, a combination of, of two words that mean to stay under, hupomene, to cheerfully stay under, stay under the hand of God, uh, stay under the assignment, stay under the commitment that you made to your spouse when you said, I do till death do us part. Uh, stay with it. And, and I would say it, now more than ever, uh, we need stability. You know, people change churches pretty darn frequently now. Uh, people, you know, people, people change spouses often uh, too darn frequently now. And this ability to persevere, this ability to stay with it, this ability to not lose heart, this ability to stay with the call of God that's on your life, this, this, this idea of sticking with it is pretty important. And and what can happen in the midst of it all is that your heart takes a beating and you got to keep hanging in there. Uh, I love this quote of uh, Ray Kroc, who was the founder of McDonald's. He said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence or perseverance even. Talent will not, nothing is more common than unsuccessful individuals with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. <laughs> Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The way the Apostle Paul kind of put this toward the end of his journey, 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. I, I like these verbs. I fought and I didn't lose my fight for the right things. Anybody here? 9.15 service in the morning. I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for the purpose of God in the earth. I'm going to fight for, for the right to rise up. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep some fight in me for it. He says, I finished, I, I, I kept. Hey, listen, don't forget to finish. 
It's always a, it's always a trait of, of successful people in, in any arena of life is that they have this ability to think long term. They're not just a, a shooting star for a moment, uh, but they have a long-term perspective on life. They realize life is a, a lot of frames that are put together to make a film. <laughs> it's not just a snapshot. And you have to finish your race to win your race. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot to be able to talk about this because I've got, uh, I've got a few years in, but I also know I could still ruin it. So if you ever want to pray for your pastor, that, that's always a good thing. And, the, and to, to, for all of us, this idea of we're, gonna, we're not going to lose heart. So I'm going to give you a couple little uh, tidbits. As a matter of fact, eight of them. Eight key factors that would be involved in not losing heart. Number one is this. You got to hang out with the right people. If you don't want to lose heart, the, 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 the concept, the word us or we is used in Hebrews 12, 1, six times in one verse. You got to figure out who your us and we is, who your tribe is, and you got to make sure that your tribe is the right tribe. You're us. I think that's why church is so important because I know some people think, oh, I could just have my own relationship with God. But the truth is, you need a tribe around you. You need friends. You need, you need people who will support you. You need people who will cheer you on. You need people who will inspire you. And this idea to, to, to recognize, I got I to gotta be selective about who's in my tribe? Who's my us? Who's my we? Because not only do you have to make sure you hang out with the right people, you got to make sure that you're not hanging out with the wrong people. Your friends, your tribe, your we, your us, uh, that's your training partners for, for life. If you hang around people who are, who are in pursuit of righteousness, it's going to be a lot easier for you. If you're hanging around people who are not in pursuit of righteousness and who are not really into it and are not really going for it, you're going to be, you hang around with dogs, you will get fleas. You're training, if you hang around with people who just settle for mediocrity in all their arenas of their life, then it's going to become easier for you to settle for mediocrity. But if you're hanging around people who are committed to moving forward, who are committed to some level of excellence in their life, some level of, of, of gaining ground, of just continuing as we said earlier, to fight, to go for it, that's going to help you. You're going to realize that's a good norm to hang around. That's a good normal. If you hang around with people, all the people who have given up, it becomes easy for you to give up. The Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians. He was talking about the idea, we don't just run the race to run the race. We run to win. We're not just, just kind of jogging through this thing. We're, we're going for it. 
So I wanna, I wanna encourage you. I don't know who your tribe is, but I wanna encourage you to make sure that you hang around healthy marriages because that will, that will help you have a healthy marriage. I wanna encourage you to hang around healthy families, healthy parents, healthy church, healthy believers. Am I preaching this okay? Yeah? And, and I don't want to say this because I think we're talking about the condition of your heart and hanging around with the right people and making sure that you're not letting the wrong people into your world. Because whether you realize it or not, there are toxic people in this world. People who have no desire for, for you to win, for you to flourish, for you to move forward. People who really their desire is to use you. And those kind of people are, are in our lives. And, and if our heart's going to stay healthy, if our heart's going to stay right, we got we to gotta realize, because I think what happens when you get around toxic people is if you, especially if you have a sense of loyalty to relationship, they smell that. And they, they use that against you. Part of their toxicity is that they are playing on your sense of loyalty to stay with them while they are abusive. Amen. I know, I know if, if, like if this is convicting you, it's hard to say amen. Uh, and I understand that. But, uh, but I just, I, I really want to say to you that y- you got to be selective about who's in your inner tribe. Who's in, who, you got to be selective about who's in your inner world because th- what they can do to your heart is pretty profound. And you got to make sure that it's not people who are playing with your heart. I'm getting something out of this. I don't know if you are, but I am definitely getting something out of this. You got to get some. You got to get some training partners around you who are going for the gold, right? Who, who are just like they're going for the gold with God. They're just, they're just giving it their very best. They're going for for the gold in family life. They're going for the gold in making a difference. They're, you don't want to just hang around with people who just kind of go to church every once in a while. You want to hang around with people who are fully invested in the making a difference for the glory of God. You want to hang around with people who, who are going for the gold within character and integrity because you hang around those people, that's good for your heart. Somebody say amen. A couple verses just to help us uh, drill down on this. Scripturally, Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25, do not associate with a man given to anger or go with a hot-tempered man, lest you learn his ways and you find a snare for yourself. Proverbs, I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. So all I want to say is 
We're coming to the end of this series about, about your heart staying healthy and continuing to love is that you're forming your life. You're, I think in many ways you're actually forming your own heart by the, by, the, by the friends you choose. And I think you'd be better off to have a handful of good, strong, healthy friends than a whole bunch of toxic people in your world. Can somebody say amen? I don't know if somebody's probably sitting back and thinking, what about reaching people? That's important. You should be doing that. But I'm talking about who's your us, who's your we, who's your tribe, who's in close to your soul. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Not everyone who's good to you is good for you. Second idea that I think could be helpful in not losing our heart is you got to get rid of your hindrances. Everybody has their own hindrance for sure. And sometimes don't judge my hindrance by your hindrance. (laughs) But I know that I have some and I know that you have some. And often they're the same, often they're different. Hebrews 12.1 says, let's lay aside every encumbrance, every hindrance one translation has. The literal language literally means bulk. So your hindrance is the extra stuff in your life that you really don't need anymore. I don't know about how many, how many of you guys would consider yourself, you got to be honest, this is church. I know it's hard to be honest in church. How many of you guys would consider yourself uh, pack rats? Like you hang on to stuff. Let me just see. Raise up real high. Come on. I'm, I'm the president of your club. I, I, I am. I admit it. I confess it. Anybody want to stretch a hand towards me? I need, I need Jessica Varney to lay hands on me because she's the queen of cleaning out. And I'm the king of hang on to it. I don't know why I do that. But, but I do have a tendency to do it and to accumulate stuff. And, and, and I think this passage is, is talking about this idea, you know, if you, I don't, if you have clothes in your closet that you haven't worn for 10 years and those pants will never fit <laughs> your waistline again, you, you, got, you got to be willing to let go of it. And, and I find that it's, it's harder to let go of things that I spent a little more money on. Even though I'm never going to be able to wear it again, I held on to some pants forever that had like pleats, like three or four pleats and real baggy like this and big cuffs. And, but they were expensive pants. And I I've, thought, I am never going to wear these again. But getting rid of them was like, it was, it, was a, it, was, it was an encumbrance. It was just clogging up. It's like, it's, like, it's like hanging on to your old cans of paint. You know you've never used a can of paint that you've saved ever. And it's got a, it's got a skin on top of the paint that's this thick. The color could never match again because it's sat in your basement for the last 15 years. 
You don't even remember what room it goes to. And, and, and it's, or, or it's like, how many of you guys have a junk drawer in your house? You just, you know, it's a place you just throw all your, when the, when the junk drawer becomes bigger than your regular, it's time to clean house. I'm just saying, I think a lot of us are hanging on to stuff that happened in the past that it did hurt our heart, and the truth is, it's just time to clean it out. It's just an ugly old pair of pleated pants. it's, It's just time to let it go. Somehow or another, I don't know why we do this, but we're afraid to let it go. It happened 10 years ago. It happened 20 years ago. But we're carrying it around like we're going to use that can of paint again. So I think all of us, we got, we got old friendships that don't actually fit who we are now. We got old experiences, even spiritual experiences, that we're hoping one day we'll go back to that. But we're not going back to that. We got old habits, we got old viewpoints <laughs> that served us well, but now it's just a hindrance. Now it's just an encumbrance. Now it's just a bulk. Doesn't fit. We got old style, and the Bible says you got to let it go. It's stuff that used to have meaning, but now it's just a weight. The good can get in the way of the best. And you might be able to rationalize why it's okay to hang on to that stuff. But the truth is, it's not helping you. It's not helping your heart. And if you want to move on with God, you got to let it go. It's weighing, it's 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 a bulk that's weighing down your heart. I do believe that there are some of us that have a relationship with a boyfriend, that's not good for us. We have a relationship with a girlfriend because we want to have a relationship. And it's just not good for us. It's not good for our heart. All right, number three. Everybody good so far? Number three is this. Don't play with sin. Hebrews 12 says, it so easily entangles you. I think we've got to understand this idea about the power of sin. Sin is a force that's within every human. It's very deceitful. It's tricky. It's powerful. And you can't play with it and not get burned. It's, it's more powerful than you. It, this isn't just a willpower thing. There is something about the power of sin that we need to recognize and make sure, because if you get too close to it, 
it'll, it'll, it'll snare you. I think we need to get the idea that we're going to steer clear <laughs> and don't play near. Don't, don't just see what you can get away with and still be a Christian. Don't just see, because what happens is you, you play with sin and the next day no fires fall from heaven. Nothing seems that dramatically wrong, but you are getting close to a snare. And if, instead of seeing what can I get away with, still be loved by God, well, of course you're going to be loved by God, no matter what you do. How about this? Try to see how close you can get to God and still be a Christian. There's a thought. And I'm talking about your heart. Sin will snare you. It's, it is the destroyer of destiny. It is the destroyer of relationships. Both your relationship with God and your relationship with people. A couple verses that... Help us get a hold of this idea. Proverbs 5, the evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. He will die for lack of discipline, led astray by his own great folly. Proverbs 29, 6 says an evil man is snared by his own sin, but a righteous man can sing and be glad. Come on, somebody. All right, all right. Number four, uh, how to how, how to keep your heart, how to how to last, how, how to not lose heart. Don't let the devil steal your joy. <laughs> Hebrews twelve two says Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Your joy is your strength. Your, your, your willpower is not your strength. Your determination is not your strength. Your joy is your strength. Proverbs 15, uh, 15 says, all the days of the afflicted are bad days, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. In other words, no matter what's going on around a cheerful heart, a cheerful heart is still strong. Proverbs 17, verse 22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Your, your most joyous times are going to come when you know things are right with God in your world. You feel connected to God. You f there's such a joy in that. And I, here's what I find. When my joy is full, temptation is easy to overcome. When my joy is full, sharing my faith is easy. 
When, when, I, when, I, when my joy is full, diving into the Word of God is my hunger for it. It's so easy when your joy is full. And I think the enemy's trick, because he's after our heart, is to try to get us to focus on the wrong things. Get focused. Get focused on, look at what you have to give up. Look at what it costs to be a Christian. It does cost everything to be a Christian. But it is worth everything that it cost. Uh, the enemy, he just loved to get us to focus on what's not going right, what's not going well. And, and I'm just here to encourage you to say, don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil use someone to steal your joy. Hey, listen, if, if you're going to last, if you're not going to lose heart, you got to learn how to enjoy God, not endure God. You got to learn how to enjoy your walk with God. You got you to learn how to enjoy worship. You got to learn how to enjoy prayer times. And I think sometimes we get in this mode of we're just doing this stuff out of some kind of obligation, and we got to shift gears and, and learn how to enjoy that kind of stuff. Don't let the devil steal your joy. All right, number five is this. Don't make decisions in the middle of a storm. Don't make a decision when, when your heart feels severely disappointed. Don't make a decision right after somebody ticked you off. Anybody ever been ticked off? <laughs> I know somebody's sitting right, right now, I'm ticked off. <laughs> right now, Pastor, you're ticking me off. Sorry, I love you. Don't make a decision right after everything's gone wrong. Now, I'm saying this because I believe it with all my heart. Your vision comes from mountaintop. And it's one of the reasons we gather at church is there's an opportunity to have a mountaintop experience. Uh, There's one of the reasons we're going to have a a mega worship night Friday night. Because there's just stuff that, there's, there's just clarity in the air. There's an, the opportunity. Maybe not every time you come to church. Maybe not every time you go to mega worship. But there's something about having these mountaintop experiences where you can see way down the road on a clear day. You, you, can, you can see way down the road when you're on the mountaintop. And I know valley trials try to steal mountaintop vision. But I'm just, I'm just saying to you that you see on a mountaintop, your heart goes for that, and then you hang on to that when you have to come down from the mountain and walk through the valleys. Number six, let me just keep moving. You got to keep your barrel full. 
Proverbs 21, 20 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. There's precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it all up. So the idea behind this is this. You cannot live for long on more than you make. Let me put it this way. When, when your outflow exceeds your income, your upkeep will be your downfall. And so my encouragement to you, I think one of the reasons I've been able to stay passionate about God and the things of God is there's no rocket science to it. I've just maintained by the grace of God a consistent devotional life. Just about every day of my life, I get up and read my Bible. Just about every day of my life, I have a prayer time. And sometimes I read my Bible and I got nothing. But hey, listen, I don't even remember what I ate last Tuesday. But I ate and I'm wearing it. There's something about keeping the barrel full, staying full in God. This is what we've learned, I think, in this series. One thing for sure is other people can't give you love like God can give you love. Other people can't give you peace like God can give you peace. Other people can't give you joy like God can give you joy. And so you, you got to keep the barrel full. But I, I want to go even into a, another space with this and say, you got to locate what fills your soul and do that. As long as it's moral and ethical. But you got to know what's good for your heart. So some people, like, I have people like, say to me, we're going camping this weekend. And I'm going, like, on purpose? All the hotels are full? You're going to go sleep outside? No running water? No toilet? Doesn't sound fun to me. But for some people, they love that kind of stuff. Maybe you like to ride a bike. Maybe you like to go shopping. I said, maybe you like to go play golf. Maybe you like to exercise. I don't know. All I'm saying is this. You got to locate the things that fill your soul and do it because it's good for your heart. Mike, I read this quote of Mike Murdoch years ago. He said, schedule your pleasures because life will schedule your pain. And you got you to find the things that fill your soul, that, that, make, that keep your barrel full, that, that keep you in that, in that strong place. Hey, listen, if you're married, make sure you keep the barrel full. You're in relationships, you gotta make sure you, you keep the barrel full. All right, number seven, give things and people time and space and grace. I'm talking about how to last, I'm talking about not losing heart. You can't, you can't pull on the leaves and make the tree grow. You, you gotta give 
the people around you, your kids, your friends, you got to give them the grace of time or else your heart will get all agitated. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Give people the grace uh, of space to, to work it out. Because here, here's what I know. Everybody is pretty much trying to work it out the best they can. When I hear somebody talk bad about a church, I'm going to go stop, time out. Because if you're trying to reach people for Jesus, you're trying to glorify God, you're trying to build disciples, you're trying, you're my hero. I'm, I'm for you all the way. And I believe everybody is, for the most part, is trying to work it out the best they can. I also believe everybody is dealing with some kind of pain in their life. So you got to give people grace. You don't know what season you've come into their life in. You got to give people time. You got to give them space. And the truth is, if they're not trying, you can't do anything with them anyway. <laughs> but I would also like to say, give yourself a little bit of grace. I think one thing I could say now, because I've been a believer for quite a long time, I've got a relatively high level of self-discipline, but I'm, I've more than ever realized it's really all about the grace of God. It's really all about the help of heaven. And you got to give yourself some grace. You got to give yourself some time. You got to give yourself some space. God's not in a hurry. And if he, needs, if he needs you to hurry up, he knows how to do that. You got to live in a pace that you can live with. And then the last idea I want to give you is this. The eighth idea is this. You got to fix your eyes on Jesus. If your heart is going to stay whole, if your heart is going to stay healthy, Hebrews 12.1 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's an interesting uh, word in the Greek because it literally means to look away from everything else and focus on one thing. And I know there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in life, but can I just say to you, if you could fix your eyes on Jesus, because he's the author of it all. He started all this. He's the perfecter. He's the one that's gonna finish what he started. Jesus, this is what this is all about. This whole thing about walking with God at Christianity is, it, it all boils down to your heart's, my heart's relationship with Jesus. Hey, let me say this. Church is gonna bless you, but sometimes church is gonna disappoint you. You gotta keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? Pastors and leaders are gonna bless you. Sometimes they're going to disappoint you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your friends are going to be a blessing to you, but sometimes they let you down. I think life is great, but I also know 
Sometimes life is hard. And I'm here today just to say, how are you going to keep a healthy heart through it all? You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. You know, when sailors are out at the sea, they can't get their direction from the sea, whether the sea is calm or whether the sea is stormy. They, they get their direction by, by looking up, by finding a, a star that's fixed in the sky and going, okay, that's giving me my point of reference. I just want to say, whatever moment you find yourself in right now, your heart is healthy, your heart is hurting. You feel clear about life. You feel uncertain about life. I don't, I don't believe I'd be making any mistake to say, you'll always know that you're headed in the right direction if you fix your eyes on Jesus. Amen. I want to pray. I want you to bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. Father, we come before you today. Uh, we need your grace. We need your love. We need... We need your help. We need you to touch our hearts and make them whole, God, so that we can finish this race strong and well. I'm praying for everybody that's in this room, everybody that's part of our house, God, through these weeks that we've been together, talking about love like you've never been hurt. Lord, help us really do it. Help us really enter into it. Help us immerse ourselves in the flow of the life of the love of God. Praying for your healing, your supernatural touch. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to take a moment, maybe the most important moment of this entire day, maybe the most important moment of your entire life is right now. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You're just willing to say, it hasn't gone well under my control. Jesus, I want to put my life into your hands. I want to surrender to you. Maybe you're here today. You know there was a day where you were closer to God than you are today. Things have gotten in the way. You've gotten distracted. You've gotten disappointed. You've gotten pulled off course. It's your day to come back home. I really want to pray with you. Maybe you're here today and you just feel uncertain. You just want to leave today. I want you to leave today with a sense of certainty that you are right in your relationship with the Lord. So nobody's looking around. This is just a, a sacred moment. But I want to pray if you've never given your life to, to Christ or you've slipped away, fallen away, and you know it's time to come back, or you just want to feel certain that you're right with God, and you say, Pastor, would, would you pray with me? I really want my life in the hands of Jesus. I want you to lift your hand real high and say, that's me. Would you pray for me? God bless you, sir. Come on, anybody else? Just lift your hand real high. Just be brave for a minute. No shame involved in this. You're just opening your heart to God. You're opening your heart to the help of God, to the love of God. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment in our souls. 
I want everybody to pray with me. This is for those who lifted their hand, but can we all just say this prayer together? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned and I'm sorry. I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I surrender to the love and the Lordship of Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Thank you, guys.